Great to be here tonight. Good to see you here as uh, well. And uh, it's great to uh, have so many in services this morning. It looked really uh, good, especially with so many out because of uh, sickness. And we do want to remember them in our uh, uh, prayers. But we're glad that you're here uh, tonight. Would like to invite your attention to Psalms 51. And I want to read verses 1 through 13. Most of you have probably heard messages from this, well, probably most all the scriptures, but it doesn't matter. But Psalms 51 is probably the, one of the most repentant prayers that we will find in the, uh, the Bible. David has been confronted with Nathan. David has had a horrible time since he committed adultery with Bathsheba. But not only did he commit adultery with Bathsheba, but he also had her husband murdered. And this is from a man after God's own heart. But his heart is broken, and it has been. And he's been living with this for some time now. And when Nathan confronted him, this is the prayer of David to his God, asking God's help and forgiveness in his life, that he might enjoy the joy that he had once had with his father, that he had lost because of sin in his life. So read with me, if you will, in Psalms chapter 51. I want to read verses 1 through 13 of Psalms chapter 51. I want you to listen to this prayer of, uh, of David. And what I want you to consider tonight, what a believer has that he can lose. What a believer has that he can lose. Verse 1 of Psalms 51. Have mercy upon me, O God, according to thy loving kindness, according unto the multitude of thy tender mercies, blot out my transgressions. Is the light on good? Okay, it's just me going blind then, huh? Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity, and cleanse me from my sin. For I acknowledge my transgressions, and my sin is ever before me. Against thee, thee only, have I sinned, and done this evil in thy sight. That thou mightest be justified when thou speakest, and be clear when thou judgest. Behold, I was shapen in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. Behold, thou desirest truth, in the inward parts, and in the hidden part, thou shalt make me to know wisdom. Purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. Make me to hear joy and gladness, that the bones which thou hast broken may rejoice. Hide thy face from my sins, and blot out my iniquities. Create in me a clean heart, O God. And renew a right spirit within me. 
Cast me not away from thy presence, and take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation, and uphold me with thy free spirit. Then will I teach transgressors thy ways, and sinners shall be converted unto thee. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. <clears throat> Father, once again we bow before thy presence. Humbly we confess our sins before you. Sins that's ever before us, Father, we thank you for your willingness to forgive us. We thank you for your willingness to give your life on the cross at Calvary and to pay our sin debt. We thank you for the forgiveness that we have through your shed blood on the cross at Calvary. We thank you for those that are here tonight. We ask your blessings on their lives. We pray for those that are sick and afflicted out because uh, of those uh, things that's happening in their lives. And we just ask you to take care of them as only you can. Bless the words that are spoken. May each thing said and done magnify the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. For it's in his name that I ask it all. Amen. Even the believer, even though a believer is saved, there are still some things he can lose. Salvation is not one of them. The scripture is just emphatic about that over and over again in so many different places. When you look in John chapter 5, verse 24, John 3, 16, Romans chapter 8, verses 35 through 39, and almost all of John chapter, uh, chapter 10 has to do with the security of the, uh, the believer. So the security of the believer is not what I'm talking about tonight when we're talking about what a lost, a saved person can uh, lose. These, can, these things can be sometimes just as detrimental to the Christian and those looking on than anything that I uh, know of, those things that can cause you to lose the joy of your salvation. First of all, the, joy, the believer can lose the joy of the Lord's salvation. Look with me in verse 12 once again as we read that scripture again. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation, and uphold me with thy free spirit. Does salvation bring joy to the heart? Oh, my goodness, yes, folks. It makes all the difference in the, uh, uh, in the world in a, uh, in a person once they're, uh, that they're saved and forgiven of their uh, sins. Look at what First Peter has to say in uh, verse 9. But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, and a holy nation, a peculiar people that you should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. We once were in darkness, now we're in light, in the marvelous light of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. You remember the jailer in Acts chapter 16? Once that individual was saved and realized what had happened to him, he would rejoice with joy in his, uh, in his heart. He didn't understand everything that had happened, but he knew he was free. And he knew that Jesus set him free, and he knew that he had a home in heaven. Listen to what he said in uh, Acts 16 and 34. And when he had brought them into his house, and set meat before them, and rejoiced, believing in God with all his house. Rejoicing, folks, that's all part of being saved, isn't it? But uh, David lost the joy of his salvation, but he said, Restore unto me the joy of my salvation. Y'all remember the Ethiopian eunuch? 
when he was saved and uh, Philip went to him and he preached from, uh, from Isaiah chapter 53 uh, to him. And the eunuch said, who is they talking about? Who is this man talking about? But listen, when he realized that he was saved, there was something that happened in his life in Acts 8 and 39. And when they were come up out of the water, there's a lot involved in that. The spirit of the Lord called away Philip that the eunuch saw him no more. And he went on his way rejoicing. What made him rejoice? What was he so excited about? He had found Jesus. He had been in a religious cycle, and but he was going home just as lost as he could be until Philip interceded and he was saved and he was rejoicing going down the road. I don't know if he was just singing praises to God, if he was just shouting or, or what he was doing, but something happened in that man's life that got him excited. So salvation brings joy to the heart. I'm, I suspect that every one of you know about that joy when you were saved and the difference that it made in uh, in, in your life. And salvation does make a difference in your life. Salvation will change your life completely and totally. This joy, though, sometimes is lost by substituting other things for service. Sin for righteousness. Now, I want you to look in Psalms 51, verses 3 and, uh, 3 and 4. When sin replaces righteousness, there is always a price to pay. Always, folks. Listen to what he said in verse 3 and 4. For I acknowledge my transgressions, and my sin is ever before me. Against thee, thee only have I sinned, and done this evil in thy sight, that thou mightest be justified when thou speakest, and be clear when thou judgest. You might say, why is he acknowledging his sin before God? What about Bathsheba? What about their children? What about all their families? But who is the main person that we sin against when there is sin in our life? The most important person, and that is God. There's always other people involved. But the main thing is that we sin against God. And that's what David had to come to the realization of, folks. He has been dealing with this. He has been living with this. I mean, he's been eating at him and probably is up at night walking around and everything because this sin of what he had done was continually eating away, eating away, eating away. And finally, Nathan confronted him uh, with it. Then when sin replaces righteousness, but listen, folks. When we begin to confess our sins, then God, that makes a difference in our, uh, in our uh, life. Sometimes there's presence for participation. God wants us to be involved in his, uh, his house. God wants us to be involved in his uh, work. Not to be us to be present, but he wants us involved in the, uh, in the Lord's service. And there's something that every one of us can do, folks. Listen to what we, uh, we find in uh, James 1 and 22. It says, but be you doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. So we need to be busy, don't we? We need to be busy about the, uh, uh, the Lord's work. And listen, folks, there's something that everybody can do. I don't know what it is, but there's always something that we can, uh, uh, we can uh, do. Slothfulness, slothfulness for an industrious. And, uh, listen to what it says in Romans 12 and 11. Not slothful in business, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. The joy that we have in Christ when we're saved is sometimes lost when we begin to substitute other things for our service. And also lost when we begin to replace righteousness with sin. Listen, 
The effect of the lost joy on the believer. Listen, look in verse 8 and 9. This whole chapter, and we don't have time to go through this whole thing, but this whole chapter deals with David's repentance before a righteous and holy God. Listen, make me to hear joy and gladness, that the bones which thou hast broken may rejoice. Hide thy face from my sins and blot out all my iniquities. You know, his bones wasn't actually broken, but he felt like his bones and his whole body was just broken because of all the things that he had to, uh, that he had to deal with. And uh, a little while ago, uh, what's her name? Tara's daughter, Cameron, come running in and said, one of the boys out there has broken his leg. Well, he didn't, but she thought he had. He was, wasn't able to move, get up, or anything else. She flew up and down that his leg was broken, but thankful it's not. But uh, well, Why did I say that? I have no idea. The effect of lost joy, verses 8 and 9. That's where I was going. Make me to hear joy and gladness, that the bones which thou hast broken may rejoice. Hide thy face from my sins and blot out all my iniquities. We'll miss that joy, folks. And one thing, our heart is desperately wicked, and who can know it? Without Jesus changing that heart, it's not changed. Nothing changes. If Jesus does not come in, nothing changes. But with a new heart, and the only way we can have a new heart is for Jesus to save us and wash us in the blood of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. It seems like when sin comes in, things just don't seem to work like they ought to work. Things change in our life. I've seen it happen so many times, folks. But one thing I know for sure, when we allow the Lord Jesus to take place in our life, David recognized he needed something and he was missing something. That's why he cried out to his father, Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation. And that's what we need to cry out, folks. We want the joy, the excitement, and the happiness we once had in the Lord. We desire that. We want that more than anything else. And the only way that we can have that is when we admit before a righteous and holy God that we have sinned and we ask his forgiveness. The believer can lose your joy of the Lord's salvation. But listen, I want you to notice something else. The believer can lose his power also. Y'all remember Samson in Judges chapter 16 verse 20 and his little deal with Delilah? She deceived him he revealed all of his secrets to that woman. Was she looking out for his best interests? Obviously not. He lost his hair. He was taken into captivity by the Philistines. What did he lose? When she cut that hair, what did he lose? The power with God. That's what she lost. The power that he had with God. Because God was his power. God was his strength. And the same thing is true in our life. When we lose something precious, when we lose the power of God because of sin, then we lose that power that uh, we can only have through him. Listen in verses 6 through 9. Behold, thou desirest truth in the inward parts, and in the hidden part 
Thou shalt make me to know wisdom. Oh, listen, we need the wisdom of God, don't we? We need that to get by. We need that to guide our, our daily activities, our daily choices, and our daily life. That's where our power comes from, from the wisdom that we get from God and the power of God's Holy Spirit. Purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. Make me to hear joy and gladness that the bones with thou's breaking may rejoice. Hide thy face from my sins and blot out all my iniquities. Listen, folks, the believer can, has great power in the spiritual realm, but it is possible to lose that power. Listen, we do have great power with the Lord Jesus Christ. Listen to what he said in Ephesians 3 and 20. Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us. Who's able? Who makes that possible? God does. God makes that possible, folks. And that's the great God that we, uh, that we have when you look in Ephesians. Now to him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask. Our problem a lot of times, we don't ask. He's waiting for us to ask. He's waiting for us to come with a repentant heart. That's what he's waiting on. But so many times, we just don't ask. It'll be okay. So we don't ask. The, blue, the believer can lose power with God. He can lose their power with strength. He can lose his prayer power in prayer. And that's the last thing we need, folks. We need the strength and the power of God. We need to be more fervent in our prayer life every day. First thing we need to do in the morning is when we wake up is go to God in prayer and ask to help me. Help me. Do we need help? He can lose it in the power of determination when fellowship is broken. And sin breaks fellowship with God. Every time, sin breaks the fellowship with God. He can lose it in the power of obedience because we fail to be obedient to him. Does God want us to be obedient to him? Yeah. There's so many things. God may be wanting us to do. And I don't know what it is as, as a church, as individuals, as family. And sometimes we just won't yield to him. The believer can also lose power with man by the unbecoming Christian acts. Y'all remember Lot? When the angel of the Lord went to him, get your families out. Sodom and Gomorrah is going to be destroyed. But you know what his children said unto him? Said, Lot, you are one that mocks. Because his life was so inconsistent with what he was saying right now. God is going to destroy this place. You need to leave. But it was inconsistent with his life and every day of his life. Listen, 1 Corinthians 9 and 27 says this. Apostle Paul, through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, but I keep under my body and bring it into subjection, lest that by any means, 
when I have preached to others, I myself should be a castaway. You know what he's saying there, folks? Apostle Paul, probably the greatest missionary there ever was aside of the Lord Jesus Christ. He said, I have to bring my body into submission to the Lord Jesus Christ. At least when I preach to others, I might become a castaway myself. Sometimes you get so full of yourself, you forget that God is, should still be in control. It's not about me. It's not about you. It's about the Lord Jesus Christ. But we need to get full of the Lord Jesus Christ. Sometimes the believer can lose power by being inconsistent. That's with Lot. And also by being undependable. Y'all remember Demas in 2 Timothy 4 and 10? He was supposed to have been a helper for Apostle Paul and, and Timothy and Silas. No. He said, For Demas has forsaken me, having loved this present world, and has departed unto Thessalonica. Folks, you know, sometimes it's easy just to quit and give up. That's the last thing in the world God wants us to do. There's just no place in Christian service in our life to give up and quit. There's just no place for it. We've got to continue to serve the Lord in whatever capacity that he has for us. I don't know what it is for y'all. And, uh, you know, it's, I have a hard enough time with myself. But listen, folks, I believe this with all my heart. The Holy Spirit directs us in what he wants us to be doing. He leads us. Don't you think that you believe that? He will if we'll let him. And listen, what's what he's talking about? Demons has forsaken me. He's left me. But one thing he's not lost, and that's the power of God. That's very precious, folks. Purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. The only way that we can be cleansed is by the blood of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. That's the only way. And David knew that, and he was reminded by Nathan the sin that he had committed against God, more importantly, but also against his family, against Elijah's family, against the nation of Israel, and all the people, all the nations around him was knew about the sin of David. You know what he could have done with Nathan? Yeah, he could have just put him to death, said, get rid of him, and it's gone. But David was a man that had a heart for God. The Bible says that he was a man after God's own heart. Say, well, how can a man after God's own heart commit such sin? Well, there's a lot of them, folks, in the Bible that commit gross sins. People today commit gross sins. David realized something's very special. He realized that when he took those sins before God, God would forgive him. And that's what he's doing right here. He said, blot out my sins that ever before you. 
Forgive me and put them in the past. I know that I have transgressed thy laws. I know that I have been disobedient. I know that I have been inconsistent. But blot them out and cleanse me and make me whole that I might be the servant once again that you desire for me to be. You think it's possible for God to do that? Yes, he can. And that's what he wants to do. The believer can lose his reward. And we see that in 2 John verse 8. Look to yourselves that we lose not those things which we have brought, but that we receive a full reward. Now, I want you to look in verses 10 through 13. Create in me. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from thy presence, and not take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation, and to hope me with thy free spirit. Then will I teach transgressors thy ways, and sinners shall be converted unto thee. Listen, folks. Rewards are earned. And all your work and labor of love here is not going unnoticed by the Lord Jesus Christ. And David's confession before a righteous and holy God is not going unnoticed. You know what God did because of his confession? Because of his repentance? He forgave him. And he became the great leader Listen, folks, understand this. There was consequences for his sins. There was a heavy price for his sins because he lost their baby. And Absalom also rebelled against him. There's always a price to pay consequences for sin. Always. Always. Regardless of what we do, there's always the consequences for sin. That doesn't change the fact that from that moment on, God had forgiven him. Had to pay for his sins. But God had forgiven him. And I don't know about you folks, but Jesus said in Revelation 22 and 12, Behold, I come quickly, and my reward is with me to give every man according as his work shall be. Listen, folks. God is going to reward you for your faithfulness to him. Does he condone sin? Never. Never. Do we fail God? Yes, we do. But does he forgive us? Yes. And he says, when I come, when I come, my reward will come with me. Because of your faithfulness to him, he will reward you, and it does not go unnoticed in our service to a righteous and holy God. All we can do, folks, is try to please him. David, yes, he admitted that he was wrong. He admitted that he had sinned, but he said, forgive me. Forgive me. Isn't it amazing that God was able to forgive him and willing to forgive him? And bless your heart, my God is able and willing to do the same thing with you. I've had so many people say, oh, preacher, you just don't know me what I have done. (laughs) Listen, folks, it doesn't matter what I know. It's what I know about my God. 
and it's what I know he will do for you. The same thing he does for me. The same thing. We're no different, folks. We're all sinners saved by grace. We've all been forgiven by a righteous and holy God. And we have a God that will stand by us and help us in each and everything that we do. Our God cares about you. So tonight, I don't know your heart, and I don't know your need. If you need to be saved, now's a good time to do it. And maybe you just need to make a vow to the Lord, make a commitment to him, something that the Lord's been leading you to do and wanting you to do. Tonight, as we sang, sang and Brother Don and uh, Karen comes.